Hey, listeners, this is Grant here, and I have Thomas with me, who is a registrar at Reformation International College and Seminary. So, Thomas, why don't you tell us a little bit about the school you work at? Well, Grant, Reformation International College and Seminary exists to prepare the next generation of preachers, teachers, and other leaders in the Reformed Christian faith. Our college courses are only $75 per credit, and seminary courses are $95 per credit. We also have doctoral programs for those interested. Awesome. So what would you say is a unique feature about Reformation International College and Seminary? Well, one unique feature about our program is that all courses are online and self-paced. Students take one class at a time, and once finished, move on to the next class. Study guides are given for each course where you will answer questions based on your lectures and readings. Our Dean of Studies grades these, emails them back to you, and provides feedback. Quizzes are based on your study guides, and exams are based on your quizzes, creating a streamlined and efficient system. What would you say to those who are seeking ordination into the ministry? We've had graduates use their MDiv degree to be ordained in several Presbyterian and Reformed denominations. Our catalog also shows how our courses meet all the requirements of other Reformed denominations' recommended curriculum for those preparing for the ministry. Perfect. So how can people get a hold of the seminary? You can learn more about our programs at reformationseminary.org. And if you wish to ask me questions or are ready to apply, please email me at registrar at reformation.edu. Awesome. What was that website again? Reformationseminary.org. Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the Weaker Vessel. Hello, everyone. If you'd like to find out more about Awakening Reformation podcast, you can go to rebelalliancemedia.com. You can subscribe to Rebel Alliance Media on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. You can also get the Rebel podcast that comes out on Wednesdays as well as our podcast we do with our kids called Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids. That comes out on Mondays. Rebel Alliance Media also puts out blogs throughout the week, so you could check those out, like and share our stuff on social media, Awakening Reformation Podcast and Rebel Alliance Media. We greatly appreciate it and love interacting with the listeners. Mm -hmm. Well, we're continuing our series on... Reforming Family. Reforming Family. Mm -hmm. So... A while back, we talked about marriage and parenting. Last week, we talked about singleness Mm -hmm. and the gift of singleness. So if you missed that, go back and listen to that one. And tonight, we are going to talk about dating dating or courting. What should it be called? Whatever you want to call it. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Yep. So why are we going to talk about this? Because it's a good topic. (laughs) (laughs) Probably because it's 100% applicable because everybody will do it at some point in their life. Pretty much. Yeah. So either you're doing it right now, mm-hmm. or you know someone who is. Or your or your children will. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. This has been a topic of conversation in our house since before we even had our oldest. I was heavily pregnant with Lila, and you were already talking about dating rules. Yeah, this is true. Listen, there's no time like the present. Mm-hmm. All right. 
I've already told the girls, listen, any boy thinks he, you know, wants to get to know you, you just tell me to come talk to me, all right? I just want to get to know him, so you just tell him to come talk to me, all right? They happily oblige. I'm just going to keep singing that song forever. Uh-huh. I don't care how old they are. Anyway, yeah, we're not going straight up arranged marriage here. No. But I'm not completely opposed to it. I somehow feel as though our children would be. Well, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. No, we're going to talk about it right now. <laughs> All We've right. made the joke before that these recording sessions are really just like marriage therapy. It works pretty good. It does work really well. Yeah, it works. You want to know why it works well? Why? Because if you push record and you know that thousands of people are going to hear your conversations, yeah. you're much more controlled. It's true. It's true. You're you're much much more mindful of the words that come out of your mouth. Maybe we should be more mindful. You're probably right. So, dating and courting, what's the difference? I know people get kind of crazy about what terms they use. I think dating is a more... Um, like popular term? Yeah, I want to I say more of a less conservative way of describing beginning a relationship with the opposite gender. But that may or may not be true. That phrase became more popular when the automobile became yep. available and yeah. widespread because boys were able to go to a girl's home and pick her up and take her outside of the, her family environment. And mm-hmm. so going on a date became more popular. And that's where the term dating, I think, probably mostly comes from. Um, prior to that, it was basically just courtship or arranged marriage. Yeah, Courtship was definitely the most popular form of getting to know someone. And so a lot of conservative Christians fight for the term courtship. And we have known people who've dated and courted And you can do either one in a way which is glorifying to God or dishonoring to God. Mm -hmm. So we try not to get like so crazy and hyper about what term you use and just say your actions ought to be right and biblical. And then whatever you call it, dating or courting, doesn't really matter. Now, there might be some preconceived ideas and notions that go along with dating or courting. Right. But that's up to you to decide. Yeah, I remember talking with several people years back in Bible college about which one is right, which one's biblical. And I just Mm -hmm. remember thinking, well, no matter what you call it, a Christian will do it differently. Differently. Or a Christian will do it this way. A Christian Mm -hmm. is going to do. Should do it. Right. Should. And I, yeah, I'm talking objectively here. Right. A Christian will do it in this way. And that's a God glorifying way. That's Mm -hmm. a biblical way. Mm -hmm. That's a cultural mandate. Focused way. Yeah, Yeah, focused way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So from the get go, right, Adam is alone in the garden and God says, this is not good. Mm -hmm. Let us make a helper fit for him. Right away, we see that being alone was not good for Adam. And I say, amen. Mm -hmm. So the cultural mandate becomes our foundation and focus for what marriage is. And so when you do dating, when you do courting, that mandate is what is the focus. That's what we're, we're aiming at. Well, maybe at. not focus. I mean, the glory of God is the focus. So how you court, yeah. how you date, you should be glorifying God in your actions. I mean, that's the focus. The right. outcome is what you're talking about. Like the outcome yeah, yeah, yeah. of that relationship should be to fulfill the cultural mandate yeah, to the, the glory purpose. of God. Yeah, the purpose mm-hmm. of the dating and the courting is right. to then fulfill God's mandate. Gotcha. The, okay. Yeah, the command there. So, so that, you know, that's going to look different for a single person who's 25 mm-hmm. and for a 16 year old at home still under his or Mom her and dad's roof. Yeah, yeah, parents' roof. Just the 16 year old thing kind of threw me off. Yeah. Yeah. Can Why I just, that? can I say something? Of course you can. 
You have a mic. I won't turn it off. <laughs> if you are a 16-year-old boy or you are a parent of a 16-year-old boy and you think it's really a good idea for the 16-year-old boy to go and form a relationship, a special romantic relationship with a girl his own age, I'm assuming, whom he can't even marry for probably realistically at least two to six years. Right. And you think that's a a good idea and something promising can come from that? I'm saying you're not thinking clearly. Yeah, I would go ahead and say that for a guy and a girl, it's completely different. Yep, it is. And and that's just the reality of it is that because the role for a woman and the role for a man in the relationship are different, then the timeline for them is going to look different, right? right? So a girl can get married at 18 years old and become a mom which is exactly what I did. I was married a couple months after I turned 18. And then we were pregnant seven months after we were married. Mm -hmm. And since then, I've been a stay-at-home mom. That's been my role. You were the provider for our family. That was a role that God had given to you. So in order for you to provide for your family, you had to be old enough to have a job to support said family. An 18-year-old boy can do that. It it is totally possible. In every situation, am I saying that someone under 18 shouldn't be dating. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying Mm -hmm. as a parent, you really have to consider your child, their maturity, their um, spiritual walk, their prospects. Can my 17-year-old boy who likes this girl, can he realistically within a appropriate time span of courting relationship or whatever. Right. Can he can he graduate high school? Can he get a job? Can he support her? Provide a home. And I'm not saying he has to be like ridiculously wealthy and have a college no, degree. We'll talk I'm just about that being a lie. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying like can he feed her? Can he give her clothes <laughs> right. to wear and, you know, keep her in a, a safe environment? Is that possible? If the answer is no, he can't do that realistically in a in a time frame in which they can both remain pure, then mm-hmm. I think it's foolish for you to encourage that Bless kind of that. behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. To give your blessing to that or help them along. Yeah. Yeah. So we see that God brought Eve to Adam when he was ready. Yeah. He, he had a job, right? <laughs> God had told him what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, he named all the animals. So task done. He already, he already started the work, you know? That's that's something, he's got something going for him. That's a lot of animals. Yeah. And he had a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam walked with the Lord in the garden. Mm-hmm. He had a home. He had somewhere that he could, you know, live with Eve. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're not saying that Adam was looking for Eve and he was like preparing for a wife because obviously he didn't even know what a wife was. But God and his goodness was preparing Adam, right? Exactly. Yeah. So right away, as a guy, I would say if you are pursuing a wife, that you need to have those certain things in line. And we're not saying that. We followed our own instructions, and a lot of our advice is coming from someone with great 2020 hindsight vision. Exactly. And we can say, yeah, that could have been done a lot better. And when the Bible talks about leaving your mother and father and then cleaving to your wife and becoming one with her, what goes into that? Mm -hmm. You leave their home. Mm -hmm. So now you need one. Mm -hmm. You know, you leave their financial stability, so you need to have your own. Right. You leave their spiritual, yeah. I was going to say spiritual oversight of you. Yeah. So now you are the one that provides that. And so there's all these different things Mm -hmm. that the man needs to think about when he's pursuing a wife. Mm -hmm. And so whether you're dating or courting, your goal is I got to have these in place because what am I, what's a woman going to even see in me as a prospect Mm -hmm. if I don't have a home, a job, a 
if I'm not a spiritual leader, if, I mean, all these things are, are not in place, she's not going to give her life over to you. And Well, and she shouldn't. She'd be foolish right. if she um, agreed to submit to a man who is living in his mom's basement, who doesn't have a job and mm-hmm. can't even motivate himself enough to get off of that couch and right. go Turn get off a job. the Xbox. Yeah. I mean, if he can't do that, I don't know why you would willfully submit to that man. Yeah. Well, and, as and you. you're looking for a woman who I'm assuming is godly and right. does want to submit mm-hmm. to her husband. There are a lot of women who will marry that lazy bum mm-hmm. and she'll just say, I don't need him to provide for me. I can get a yeah, job. I can work for myself. And you kind of get that like feministic woman right. who says he can stay at home with the kids and I'll go get the job. But if that's the kind of woman you're attracting, first of all, that should scare you. Second of all, I mean, your marriage is just going to start off on the wrong foot. If you're just being lazy and she's taking on your role and you're just going to you know, assume hers, your marriage and your family is going to be a wreck because it's not how God designed for it to work. So Yeah, so that's just wrong-headed from the get-go. But the other error that many fall into is, well, I, I can just change them. Mm-hmm. Once I tell them what my expectations are, because they like me and they love me, mm-hmm. they'll change for me. What would you say to that person? No. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You're just, you're a fool if you think that's Ever actually going to happen. Works. I mean, look at your slew of friends. Has that worked for anyone else in the history of ever? <laughs> that's right. No. <laughs> that's not how this works. No that's not how answer. any of this works. <laughs> And you don't want the person to change for you. You know, that's the reality of it. You want someone out of willful obedience to Christ to submit to him in his counsel, right. in his commands, in his word, not to you and yours. You don't want a man, as a woman, you don't want a man to submit to your wishes. You want a man who's willing to subvert your wishes for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. Right. And for a guy... I mean, you could probably speak to that better. Do you really want a woman to just change and belly up for you? Well, and at at some level, guys would love it. It's like, look what I could. Well, you know. yeah, the narcissistic. Yeah, kind yeah, of. exactly. But when you really think about it, you're like, that's awful because then that, that means that that just means that her mind she doesn't have a strong mind. It means that she doesn't have. Well, that might be appealing to some men strong. too. <laughs> she doesn't have strong convictions or anything. You know, she'll just be flip-flopping back and forth. Well, and to to that guy who says, no, it's okay if she doesn't have a strong mind. I don't need for her to. She just needs to tend to the home and tend to the children and submit to me. I'd say the intellect of your wife is going to be the intellect of your son. Mm -hmm. So whatever, you know, intelligence your wife has and capability that your wife has, that's going to be the same level as the son in which you're entrusting her to raise. Yeah. So it's inevitable. Yeah. You can't escape that. Keep that in mind. Yeah. And so I've heard it said from a lot of different people during the, the dating years to be the person that... You want the other person to be attracted to. Yeah. Be the type of person that the person you want to be with is attracted to. Mm-hmm. So if you want a, someone strong in their faith, then you need to be strong in your faith because right. they're not going to be attracted to someone who's not. Right. And so apply that in all kinds of different ways. You know what I mean? If you want a girl who takes care of herself and smells good and looks nice, you need to take care of yourself and smell good and look nice because she's going to look at you and go, oh, he's a mess. And so it's this, this can just be applied in all different avenues. In all different facets. Yeah. 
you want a smart girl, then you need to be smart, <laughs> you know? So, mm-hmm. um, that's a huge error too. You, you try to be lazy and oh, once I find that girl, then I'll shape up. But that's just not how that works. You got to be disciplined and responsible first. And then that disciplined, responsible girl is going to be attracted to it mm-hmm. and will find you. One of the things that I hear a lot and heard a lot when I was single was that you should make a list of things that you want in your spouse. Make a list. And I heard this I, all the time. Yeah. And I did that actually. It's kind of funny. And I think sometimes that can be helpful. You know, because when you are attracted to someone, it's easy to overlook a lot of things that maybe aren't necessarily... uh, Godly. Yeah. I do think that you should have someone who is a good enough friend where they'll keep you accountable in your relationships and that you will be honest with. If you don't have that person, Mm -hmm. then I think you should quickly find someone that you can form a relationship with, that you can be honest with and have that accountability, you know, someone who's going to say to you, you know, I know that he's really cute, but he doesn't come to church regularly and he never brings his Bible with him or he never whatever. Mm -hmm. And someone who's willing and whom you've invited into that relationship with you, you know, accountability is so important. And I think that's basically the purpose of the list is basically to remind you of the things that you said that you wanted and were important to you when you were sober minded yeah. and not uh, Twitter pated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you have an accountability partner, I don't think you need a list. I just think you need to be honest with your friend and say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm really attracted to Grant and I really like him. What do you think about him? He's a jerk and I hate him. Don't marry him. Which was said to me, actually. By several people. <laughs> but not the people that I'd asked for uh, <laughs> accountability. For accountability. So I would just say accountability is very important in the dating courtship thing. And that's why when it does come time for our children to start relationships, we will require them, especially if they're under our roof, to be open and honest with us about who they like. And we hope and pray that we have relationships with them in which they can feel they can tell us who they're attracted to and yeah, and that they'll want our opinion, they'll want our advice. And with a lot of parental oversight, I think it's it's just wise if you can do it that way. So for the, to those people who do have godly parents, if you're between, you know, the ages of 16 and 25 and you're still living close to home or in the home and your parents can be involved, then get them involved. Say, I really like this person. Can we come over for dinner? Your parents, if they're godly parents, are going to know you best, probably even better than your friends. I think it's just very wise to have wise people involved in your relationship, someone who can see clearly from the outside. But you have to be honest with those people too. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to say, I'm really attracted to her. We're really struggling here. I'm thinking about marrying her. Just not quite sure. What do you think? You can't just say, yeah. hey, I like her, but I think I'm right. going to, you know, I, I'm not really sure if I should marry her or not. Well, it's that's a little, a little that's a little bit different than I really I'm in love with this girl and I kind of want to marry her. Oh, and by the way, I'm totally burning with lust right now. You know, the yeah. advice you're going to get from someone's going to be different. Yep. So you need to have someone that you can trust and that you can speak openly and honestly mm-hmm. about your struggles and your temptations and all these things. I think it's really important. Yeah, and you can 
get yourself a little jump start on maturity if you're honest with people like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because a lot of times we we just in our immaturity don't bring it up because they're going to tell me to not do it or they're going to tell me that this person isn't good or my parents are going to tell me this. My parents are going to tell me that. And all that is is immaturity. It's immaturity trying to hide what you're doing mm-hmm. and just keep it to yourself and just keep doing what you what you want to do. And that's not being sober-minded. That's that Twitter-pated, infatuated attitude that that is not helpful. If you want to be mature, then be honest with yourself. And, and be honest with others mm-hmm. about yourself. You know what I mean? There's nothing that shows more maturity than that. Right. And listen to the sound advice given to you. Yeah. Consider it. Pray over it. Yeah. Don't just reject it because you don't like it. So I want to tell something to the guys, and it's to take responsibility at your church, lead something, be a leader, lead something, and God will bring that woman to you. And if you are seeking the Lord with zeal and leading something in the church and taking responsibility, then the woman that you actually are wanting, though, is going to be attracted to that. And God will bring her. But if you're desperate and you're dating every girl in the church and you're trying to get everyone's phone number and you're just trying to be around every pretty girl you see in the room, mm-hmm. it's a turnoff. You're not taking responsibility. You're not being a leader. Girls don't like that. Mm-hmm. They don't. You're just Well, girls do like that, but the right kind of girl is not going to yeah, like that. Exactly. The wrong kind of girl loves it and the right kind of girl doesn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. You're instantly friend zoned. Yep. Don't be desperate. Take responsibility in your church, in whatever context you find yourself. Well, and your priority shouldn't be find wife. It should be honor God, mm-hmm. serve God. And then when God brings woman around, she likes you too. Yeah. And you the can right serve woman. God together. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. While dating and while courting, we're saying it should be cultural mandate focus, not mushy-gushy feelings focused. Mm-hmm, for sure. So the whole point of dating is not to find out, well, let's see how long the gushy feelings can last with this person. And if they don't happen to go out, if the fireworks don't seem to stop, then I guess this is my soulmate. This is the one I'm supposed to marry. Mm-hmm. When really the whole point of it is, is this somebody that I can fulfill the cultural mandate with and flourish with? Mm-hmm. Is this somebody that wants to honor God in the way we parent, the way we school children, the way we serve at church. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're finding out during dating and courtship. Because mm-hmm. I'm guessing the attraction thing's already there if you even started dating. Well, and if you're sitting around waiting for, you know, how long you can keep those fireworks to last before they fade out, you might make it a year or two or whatever. And it might be because there's sin involved. You know, right. whenever there's an element of sin involved, of course it's going to feel exciting because you're sinning. But as soon as you get married, thinking, oh, great, we've you know been sleeping together for the last two years and we still like each other, so let's get married. Well, now you're married and that sinful element of mm-hmm. fornication is no longer part of the marriage. You think, dang it. That, that, you know, spark or whatever is gone. Well, that spark was never really, you know, an attraction between you and your spouse or something that, that, um, was like a true bond. It was just this excitement of sin. That's what it was that you enjoyed so much. Yep. So like you're saying in the dating period, it should be, is this a person who I can serve the Lord with 
that I can, as a woman, submit to his Mm -hmm. leadership and trust him. That's a huge thing for a woman. Can I submit and trust a man? God requires that you submit to your husband. Can you do that with him? Is that someone that you're going to be fearful every time you let make a decision for your family? Are you going to be fearful that he's going to ruin your life or your family's life? If so, don't marry that guy. Run. Can you be his helpmate? Can you help him in whatever position that God places him in his life? So if he's a guy who desires to be in ministry, do you want to be the wife of someone in ministry? That might, you know, because if that's what he wants, then you need to be okay with that. You shouldn't marry a guy who wants to be in ministry and say, oh, I never wanted to be a pastor's wife. Well, now you're married and guess what? You're going to be a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sometimes God changes a man's desires and you need to be okay with that. Yeah. But I mean, that should be something you discuss right off the bat. Like, what are your life goals? What do you want to accomplish for God's kingdom? Are these two life callings compatible? I mean, yeah. if if he wants to be a missionary and she's like, I can't leave the States because I have some rare medical condition, medical condition or something. I, I have to stay stateside. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a problem there. So all these things need to be worked out prior to engagement, marriage, and now you're married and what do you do? Anyone who's ever watched The Bachelor... You know, they go on all these exotic trips and they have so much fun together. And this very worldly idea of dating is just, let's see how much we can enjoy each other. Can I love this person forever? Mm-hmm. Does this feeling last? Does this attraction last? Yep. Which person can I experience the highest high with? Mm-hmm. Right. And then which person can I tolerate their, you know, their moodiness or yeah. their their off days, you know, if their off days aren't quite so bad, I can tolerate and live with that, you know, that that's fine. And it's just kind of this weird, this weird buyer's market, almost yeah. what it kind of reminds me of, you yeah, know, it's consumerist idea. Mm-hmm. So another piece of advice is to remember that people are on their best behavior mm-hmm. during this time of dating or courting. So if there's something unseemly or, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't really take a, a concerted interest in church serving or they don't really want children and you do or there's something like that, then just break it off. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is best behavior that you're getting. Usually once you get married, you just find out the, the deeper, darker, <laughs> more yep. ugly stuff, you know. Um, and ask questions about the deep, dark, ugly yeah. stuff. Man, I if and you can attest to this. Yeah. I asked questions, anything I could think of, you know, who did you date before me? Mm-hmm. How physical were you with them? Right. Tell me every instance in which you made some type of mistake that you wish you could take back. I mean, we got into like nitty gritty stuff and vice versa. But before you get married, that's the time you talk about those things. Not after you're married and you find out that, you know, oh, I guess you got someone pregnant. Wish you would have told me that, you know, six months ago before we got married. Right. And I didn't that, didn't, know. that didn't happen, by the way. That was not Grant, but I'm just saying. <laughs> and I, I didn't know whether the gun she had was loaded or not, but I answered her questions. You're so and funny. And we grew in our relationship. It was a great couple of months dating before we got engaged. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, it's not true. 
But but, but being honest like that helped big time. It did, and it helped build trust too. Um, and not just those kind of questions, yep. but like um, like theological questions, right? Yeah. Like if you're that's really important, if you're uh, Pedo and he's Credo, and you get married and you're like, crap, what do we do with our kids? Mm-hmm. That's going to be an issue. Those are things that need to be worked out before you get married, mm-hmm. not after. Yeah. Things like Arminian or Calvinist. I would just go through a systematic theology, right? You know, just get a little <laughs> manual of Christian doctrine, yeah. and then an ag- agreement thing to sign at the end. Do you agree with all this? And that's not to say <laughs> I'm just that kidding, don't do that. That's not to say that you can't grow and mature, right? Like, yeah, because we've grown a lot. We have grown tremendously. But we were on the same page when we were dating, though. It, yeah, yeah. For the most yeah. part, we really were. There were a couple of little things that we disagreed on. Um, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't touch alcohol prior to me. That's true. That was the devil's juice. But we're not saying that there are things that you guys can't talk through and maybe learn about together or that your theological convictions won't change 10 years into marriage. Ours certainly have. But you, for the sake of marital unity, really should start off on the same page. And scripture clearly states that a Christian has no business dating a non-Christian for any reason ever. Yeah, that... uh, I mean, that just goes without saying. Yeah, Paul explicitly says, marry in the Lord. I mean, it's just very simple. What fellowship can light have with darkness? I mean, there's just this idea throughout Scripture that... I mean, the the paradigm of God's people in the Old Testament where you didn't marry outside of the covenant family. And if you did, you were told to get divorced. Yeah, in Ezra, it's true. Because it wasn't seen as marriage. Right, Like, God didn't see that as a marriage. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's applied to... A Christian happens to marry a non-Christian and they can get divorced. Well, that's but we'll get to divorce okay, later but, on. But uh, but the, but the paradigm mm-hmm. is that you marry in the Lord. You marry within the covenant people of God. Yep. And ladies, if you have a conversation with a guy and you're like, so what do you think of the doctrines of grace? And the guy goes, what? You know, grace, like, uh, like God, you know, just forgives all your sin. Just run. I mean, if the guy can't formulate a doctrine, if he doesn't know his Bible, if he can't find a verse, Mm -hmm. you do not. This is why we would encourage parental oversight, even if you are older. Even if you're 40 years old and your mother is 80 and she is still, you know, a strong, godly woman and she's willing to meet with your your, prospect your, yeah your prospect I like using that word and uh but yeah get her involved i mean anytime you can have someone who's older and godly involved in your dating relationships if you don't have parents an aunt and uncle um an elder from the church a married couple from the church that you admire a lot like just get people involved in your relationship you cannot have too much accountability you cannot have too many mm-hmm. people giving you godly advice you can have a lot of people giving you a lot of terrible advice but you cannot have enough godly people giving you godly advice ever you know i think the church has done a real bad job at having a robust understanding of relationships yeah. and what you should expect and stuff for high school students yep. you know what i mean we get so stupidly legalistic with high school programs and youth groups. And then the kids don't even know who they should be like dating or looking for or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's all super vague, shallow, and then just legalistic. Like mm-hmm. if you're the one sinning, you're a piece of trash yep. that nobody wants, people want. It's not the gospel. 
we could do a much better job as the church in this area too. Because some people, maybe family isn't near, but it's the church family that can step in and say, Mm -hmm. hey, why are you hanging out with this guy so much or whatever? He doesn't even come to church with us. Right. Back in high school, I wish I had that. I wish I had people telling Mm -hmm. me that more often, like, this this girl doesn't even come to church with us. So, what's the Mm -hmm. deal, you know? Well, that's the truth of, like, if you are in college and you're far away from your family and you do want your family's insight, but there's only so much they can really do or say because they are, you know, a thousand miles away or something. If you are doing what you should be doing, and by that I mean you're involved in your local church, you're serving in your local church, there surely is someone that you know, a community group leader or someone that you can go to and just say, I really like this girl. What do you think? Yeah. I want you to be honest with me. I want you to give me solid advice. Not just what I want to hear, but what I need to hear. Yeah, we just need to be mature like that. Yep. So for people who are older singles, Mm -hmm. so older meaning like you're not in college, you're settled in, you've got a job, you're in a mature place in life. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that single person? Well, there's two different things I'm thinking of here. And one of them is the person who is, and this could be dating for a really long time too. Um, the person who is believing the lie that they need to have a certain level of bank account mm-hmm. before they get married, you know, they, they need to have so much in savings. Yeah. Who started this though? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We hear that all the time. Oh, well she needs to finish her degree and then finish that and then finish that. And it's 35 by the time mm-hmm. you've got the 401k where you need it to be so that you can get married. And it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. And so I think prolonging marriage for some of these other reasons is completely unbiblical because mm-hmm. you are fully capable right. of having a family and supporting a wife and being married and all that kind of stuff that's honoring to God. Mm-hmm. Well, and the risk that you are okay with is allowing for yourself like physical temptation yeah, I mean, for like years... sexual temptation. I mean, it's I, it would be really hard for me to believe someone that said we've been, you know, engaged for this... For, for years, years and years. Yeah. And we're pure. I'd be like, yeah, okay, I don't believe you for one second. Yeah, I mean, four months was hard enough. Yes. The, the single person who's just on their own, I mean, we kind of talked about it in the singleness one. You mm-hmm. serve the church and you use your time wisely. You redeem the time that God has given you because you're not restricted to a spouse or mm-hmm. to a family. And to trust God that he He is sovereign. He is in control of every little detail of our lives. And if you're seeking to honor him and obey him, that you have to believe what you have is exactly what he wants you to have. Mm-hmm. You know, so and what that can if, be super tough. Now you are a single older person, but okay. you have found someone. Yep. So you don't live near family. You are involved in your church. Mm-hmm. You met this person at work or through a mutual friend. Um she goes to a different church or he goes to a different church. So it's not like you know her from church and can ask other people in church about her or see mm-hmm. her level of involvement. Like you're kind yeah. of just taking that, that person at face value. What do you do in those kinds of situations? You know, you can't just call mom and dad and say, hey, we're coming over for dinner. Yeah. So do you say, come to church with me? Do you go to their church? I mean, I know that that has been a topic of conversation for a few of our friends. What do I do? They go to a different church. I'm assuming in these kind of situations, you go to the same kind of church. 
Yeah, I was going to say, what's the other church? If it's like you're conservative and she goes to the liberal woman pastor's church. Yeah. You know, then just you don't go down that route. Mm -hmm. But yeah, let's say they're both evangelical, conservative. I think you need to mingle, mix, mix with friends. So the friends that you have hang out with her too. See who she hangs out with. Get to know her friends or see what their friends are like. And I'm so much more like get to the jugular of like the issue. I'm like, let's go have but people coffee. Can let's go have coffee. Right. But if you go and you get coffee with that person and say, we're going to two different churches right now, that's not okay with me. And when we're married, it's certainly not going to be okay. Yeah. We got to pick one church. If we're dating, we're picking one church. So let's sit down. Let's talk about what you believe doctrinally, what I believe doctrinally. And if we believe the same thing, then we'll go to the church that matches mm -hmm. that doctrinal statement best. Maybe she just doesn't have anyone to lead her and doesn't know that there was a better option. And True. she'll be like, oh, that church does fit what I believe it better. Be. I'll totally go to church with you. Great solution. And she's like, no, I love my female pastor. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm you saying know? don't even date the woman. Yeah, then you're goes. like, all right, check, please. Yeah, but if you both come from a similar theological position, mm -hmm. then telling her, hey, you know, um, I, I like to be the leader here. Mm -hmm. And so if we are dating, we go to my church. Uh, I, you know, I'm But that a, only works if his doctrine's good because it could be the other way around. Well, Maybe that's true too. He's cool with a lady pastor and but, she's like, I'm not going to a lady yeah, pastor. Yeah, but church. he's never going to be like, you should follow my lead because obviously the dude is not. I mean, you never know. Solid on like male leadership. You don't know. <laughs> he's got a woman pastor. You don't know. But, you know, the, the other thing too that we've uh, learned from people who are older and dating mm -hmm. is they are much more like just cut the crap. You don't have to do niceties, you know? There's this, right. like, protocol of, like, oh, you have to wait 72 hours before you call the person back. Or, like, all these weird dating rules that are, like, just... No. Just don't do it, you it's know? It's all to now. Yeah. We need it now. Like, if you're serious, you want to get married, yeah. you like this person, just say, right. I like you, I want to be married, let's get to know each other and see if... You know, your life goals are similar to my life goals. You want to love and serve the Lord mm -hmm. in the same ways I do. Right. Okay. If the other person says that sounds great, then do it with much oversight. And that's where that accountability comes in. And if you have spoken with a friend or your mom and said, I really do want to stay here. I really do want to just be above reproach in all of this. Help me to do that. And you're sitting in your parents' living room, or you're sitting in the com your community group leader's living room, or your pastor's living room, uh, and you're getting to know the other person that way. You've got accountability. You're above reproach. There's going to be very little temptation, and it's just going to be safe. It's going to be mm -hmm. comfortable because now there's no pressure or wondering. Um, it's just a really good solution. Try and as much as you can to just not be alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Establish a habit of reading the Bible together, Yep. praying together, whether that's in a group or not. But if you establish a habit of theological discussions, mm -hmm. even while you're dating, then it'll be that much more natural and normal once you get married. And that ends up being the heartbeat, the life of a marriage that wants to glorify God. So mm -hmm. I would encourage that kind of stuff. Yep. As quick as possible. Yep. Agreed. Well, do you have anything else? 
there's a lot we could say, but I think yeah, I'd ram- ramble on forever. A quick little oversight encouragement, mm-hmm. bit of advice. I think that's helpful. Yeah. Men, take responsibility first. Don't be desperate. Well, we thank you again always for listening and look forward to your feedback and your interaction with us. And we hope this was a blessing, edifying, and encouraging to you. And even if you're married, you can help those who are looking to be married. Mm-hmm. Invite dating couples into your home. Yep. Share this Share this with your friends that are dating. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. All right, guys. We'll tune in next week for another episode. We will be talking about... Marital conflict. Marital conflict. So that should be awesome. It will just record a fight. Thank you guys for listening. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin. The effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a Dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily. As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3. Verse 1 is my thesis, it's the deepest Truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees' Wicked spite against Christ that turned this into naked night He called the rabbi and gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again That must have consumed and stretched his mind Cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb a second? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit No other way to enter heaven That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent The water symbolizes spiritual purification Flesh can only produce flesh, that's true and factual Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural It's kind of like the wind, which is free East to west can't receive the steps You can only see its effects In the same way the Holy Spirit chooses whom he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. For the spirit's mysterious operation uh-huh. We will all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1 yeah. And just like the light could not refuse 
to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause, it changes our natural habitation It's situation, it's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted so my dirt was inexcusable With new internal pupils, his person is beautiful His worth is indisputable, the land is amazing A standing ovation for his work in the crucible So let us respond with true worship and love To the God who was given new birth from above Thank you.